are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day you're listening to who? Always wonderful and might I say charismatic host of this podcast. Miller Thomas, a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully back on the pod today. We're discussing, we're debating Universal DH. Uh, we're talking about the electronic strike zone. Should baseball implement it? We talk a little bit about Hank Aaron. Uh, we talk about the rise of the fastball. We talk a whole lot about rules and the minutia of the sport, about how we can Fix it. It's a continuation of yesterday's pod. So stay tuned, stay strapped in because we got a lot of information to talk about. But first, this episode is brought to you by Lockroom. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D backs win. Lockroom changing the way we talk sports. Now let's get into that conversation with Sully of Locked On MLB. Like you said, we need more action because the average length of a baseball game is basically the same as the NFL. I think the NFL game on average is longer than an MLB game. You just don't realize it because of the lack of action in baseball. And I don't know how we could implement this into baseball, but one working theory I've been having to increase the the fun of the game, to increase the action, but I don't know practically how it works is to bring turnovers into the sport of baseball. Now, I don't know how that worked practically, but when you think of turnovers in other sports, Sports, baseball, uh, not baseball, when you think of football, basketball, hockey, it's a moment where chaos instantly happens that's unpredictable. You talk about uh, unpredictability, you like unpredictability. Well, you bring turnovers to baseball and all of a sudden action can happen at any time. You don't you don't have to wait for the bottom or the type uh, or the top of the inning to see your team uh, at the plate for once. Maybe it's the top of the ninth, and then there's a turnover, and now the other team's batting. Now, I don't know how that would work practically. I see you shaking your head, but I think that's I have no thing. idea. I mean, you have to flesh that out a little more. I, yes. I know you were, you were goading me because I'm not a universal DH guy. I, yeah. I like the DH, and I like no DH. I like ice cream. I like pizza. I like Goodfellas. I like Star Wars. I can like, I can like different things. Uh, I love the excitement that happens when a pitcher does get a hit. Now, what I will say I, in terms of someone who is going to stop screaming at the tides, I, I, I see where the wind is blowing mm-hmm. in terms of the universal DH. And I will also say that I was wrong about the wild card. I was vehemently against the wild card and I was wrong. It, the wild card added a lot to the game. And so I, I, if proven wrong, I'm willing to say that I was wrong. Now, the one thing I will say about bringing the universal DH in is I would be for the universal DH if they did one other thing, hmm. which is if we just realign. Because if there's a universal DH, then there's no difference between the American League and the National League. And if there's no difference between the American League and the National League, then what the heck are we doing? Well, let's... Uh, that- 
let's realign, have four 18 divisions. That means expanding by two teams, have the Northeast, the South, the Central, and the West. Have those be four things where you have the regional matchups that you could have there. And I, I haven't figured out how to align everything up. But to me, that would be, if we're going to make, if there's going to say there's no difference between the American League and National League anymore, then let's have regional fun. And last year, you did have the Universal DH, but you also had the regional matchups. You did not have uh, the, the cross-pollinating. And if you had a whole season where that was the predominant part of your schedule, you know, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Phillies, Dodgers, A's, Angels, Giants, that sort of thing. Uh, to me, that would be uh, that would be interesting and a new twist on things if we're going to say there's no difference between the two leagues. Yeah, because where I push back is why would we need to realign just based on the fact that we have a universal DH now? Because in no other sport, pretty much football, hockey, basketball, all of them have two leagues, two conferences, but none of them have those two conferences played by different rules. I don't understand why. Baseball- that's what I liked. That's what I like about the two. The fact that there is a real difference, but if there's not going to be a real difference, hockey and basketball are regional. The, the, it's a Western conference and Eastern conference. Mm-hmm. Football has AFC and NFC, which I just think is weird. You know, at this point, what, yeah. what's the difference between the two? It's it's this weird remnant of when there was an AFL and an NFL and the merger. Well, that's the same thing in baseball is there was a National League and there was a competing league formed in 1901 by Ben Johnson. That was a completely different entity. And their their peace offering was the World Series. Well, now that's Major League Baseball. It's all under one tent and nobody cares about what Ben Johnson did in 1901. So uh, to me, it's if we're going to do this, uh, then let's, you know, then if if we're going to throw away the the tradition of the American League and the National League, and I'm look at I'm not there's some traditions in baseball I like, and some traditions we should flush down the toilet. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to say, all right, there's no difference between the two, then let's have some fun. Let's just let's realign, and that to me. Would you know, you'd still have a you'd still have the World Series? You still have the the rounds of playoffs, and I think it could be it could be uh, pretty interesting. I, I'm I'm for it because that's why that's really my biggest issue with the uh, not having a DH in the NL. Not because of pitchers hitting, but because two leagues are playing by two different rules. I think it's more of a disadvantage to the American League when you get to the the playoffs in the World Series because all of a sudden one team has been playing a certain way the whole year. Look at a team like the Red Sox. You have a guy like Big Poppy staple in their lineup, but now he either has to play first base or he just has to sit out entirely, and you shouldn't have one of your best players on a bench because two leagues are playing by two different rules on the biggest I get stage. It. I get, I get, yeah. I look at, I understand everything intellectually. Yeah. I just like it when Bartolo Colon hits a homer. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. And you could, you know what? You could still have that because guess what? Earlier this season, the D-backs, they had like three dudes on the bench. You know who they decided to use as a pinch hitter? Madison Bumgarner. It's like, I don't know why Bumgarner is at the plate, but you can still see pitchers hit if you got a manager like Tori Lovello who doesn't care who's at the plate uh, hitting for your team. But yeah, definitely pace to play. We got to increase. We got to get the action back into baseball. So, what what do you think are the most? I mean, we've talked a lot about universal DH. Is probably we're probably going to get that. But do you think yeah. there's any other moves on the horizon that can immediately affect the sport? You'll hear Sully's response about what rules he'll like to see implemented on the major league level. 
But first, I want to talk to you guys about sports trade because I've been talking a lot about sports trade lately. If you haven't heard about it, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's no wonder this company is blowing up. The site is really amazing. I frankly can't believe nobody else has thought of this concept before as sports trade truly takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. It's a fair and super exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added baseball to their platform. So check it out today. Making money with sports trade is simple. Player value rises and falls based on two factors. One, their performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the player value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more shares that are purchased in a player, the higher their value goes. We can instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up today to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. I really think you'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action at sportstrade.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code Locked On at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew, FullyLoadedChew.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. We know foreign substances are going to be taken out. There's been a lot of talk about the mound, maybe a pitch clock. I mean, what do you want to see come to the sport that you? I would like really- to see a pitch clock. I'm all for a pitch clock. Um, I let's let's go get the ball and throw it. Um, I I also and I talked about this on the it was either the Wednesday or the Thursday edition of Locked On MLB. I said uh, instant replay reviews are 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You get 30 seconds. If you can't tell after 30 seconds, the call is too close. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these two or three minutes breaking it down like it's the Abraham Zabruder film. And, you know, it's so you it's it's instant replay is there to have us avoid those egregious Don Denkinger type calls. OK, it's like, oh, man, his foot was on it. Yeah, yeah. And if you if if it takes more than 30 seconds of analyzing a video to tell whether or not the ball was fair or foul. The tag came there. If it takes longer than that, then guess what? Move on. The call stands. That means it's, that means by definition, it's close enough to have gone either way. Call on the field stands. And why do we have to have these, these four rhinoceros 
go over and lumber over, put on the headsets. We call up New York and the guy in New York picks it up. Have a dude in the who's part of the umpire union in the booth at the stadium go like, yeah. And they know when <laughs> if they say challenge, turn the play up right now. You're It's on the clock. Maybe give it one minute. You get one minute and one minute later, yay, nay, and that's it. I mean, it's, it's insane when it goes like, there's two or three minutes looking at it. We're all watching it. It takes longer than that to, to, to figure it out. As I said, then the call was too close. And that means the umpire, by definition, did not blow the call. It was it was a close call. But then you have a situation where it's like, you know, you have all these minutes on the on the review and you have a call that everyone saw should have gone one way and it doesn't like the like the game i think it was your diamondbacks mm. were screwed over in a play where i believe it was was Marte, the center fielder yes caught a game. drive and they said that that he dropped the ball mm-hmm. and it turned into a an rbi triple yeah. a, a, in oakland in, in a critical moment of a close game and to say that and and anybody with a set of eyes and a rudimentary knowledge of the rules of baseball saw that he held on to the ball. There's no universe where that wasn't a catch. And the fact that they, I, did they review that or not? I mean, like the fact that, you know, instant replay should be there. Say, yeah, he caught it. End of inning. No triple. The, the issue with the play was he ran into the wall after he caught it. So because the ball came to slodge after he collided with the wall, they consider a drop. Uh, Zach Buchanan. It's insane. Posted, yeah, they, I, insane. I don't agree with it. Zach Buchanan insane. posted the rule and said technically they did get it right because they did review the play. But I, yeah, I thought it was a BS call because he catches it, makes two steps, runs into the wall, then makes another two steps after he disengages. Yeah. So it's well, like four then, to five steps with the ball and glove. I'm also all for using the K zone as the strike zone. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. From now on, K zone is the strike zone. All right. You know, we saw what happened. And again, I'm no Yankee lover, but to see that the pitch against Odor, which was clearly a ball, mm-hmm. was called a strike with two outs and a full count in the ninth inning of a tie game of the nationally broadcast Red Sox Yankee game. And look, at the Yankees didn't lose that game because of that call. Mm-hmm. The Yankees were, were dead from the neck up that entire series. That being said, you shouldn't have a moment like that decided on a ball that was just that that was clearly outside. Even the Red Sox announcers were the biggest homers you'll ever hear in your life. We're kind of like, Oh yeah, I guess we got a call on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, I mean, nobody, you know, we, we see what the strike zone is. And if we said, okay, let's all agree that that box that we see on the TV is the strike zone. If we all agree with that, and if it hits it or not, there's someone up in the booth who goes, ball, strike, ball, strike, you know, whatever. And so to to rely on the eyeballs of an ump who could be tricked with pitch framing by a cat by a catcher, no, I don't want any pitch framing. And I'll tell you another thing I don't want to see. You talk about someone who doesn't, who's thumbing his nose at some traditions. The whole concept of, well, you know, he's a great pitcher, so he's going to get that pitch. Ah, you're a rookie. You're not going to get that pitch. If it's a strike, whether it's thrown by Max Scherzer or, you know, or Trevor Rogers, you know, Trevor, you know, or, or me. Yeah. If I threw a major league strike against a major league hitter, say, oh, you're not going to get that call because he's a great hitter and you're a, you're a chump. 
What are you talking about? I threw a strike. And so if we all agree, hey, that box the strike zone, then guess what? There's not going to be as many arguments. There's not going to be as many, oh, he doesn't call, he doesn't call the high striker. He tends to give him the low strike. Imagine that in basketball. You know, I if it hits the rim, I call it a basket. I call that. I call that a basket. You know, or it's not a touchdown unless you're in the middle of the end zone for me, because I don't call the sides. I you don't get the sides with me. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I want a strike zone. I want a universal strike zone before a universal DH. Sully and I will talk about the rise of fastballs. But first, did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bars is because I'm a health conscious guy. I go to the gym daily and I have a sweet tooth. So Bilt Bar fixes my craving. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back to the pod. Okay, and the ump doesn't have to lose their job for that. They could just go no. sit in the booth and do push the buttons like you said. That's, yeah, that could be his job. Yeah. And and we still need a home plate umpire to call safer out at place at the plate. So it might add jobs, actually, for baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. Just I, I added two jobs. Okay, and speaking to the strike zone, I, I believe back, I don't know what time period, maybe the 60s, didn't they decrease the size of the strike zone back in the day? Oh, yeah. Why yeah. can't we bring that back to baseball? They 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 stopped calling the high strike. They they lowered the mound. This is when like Carl Yastrzemski batted three oh one and led the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a time when Bob Gibson had like what was it a a one point one ERA or something insane like that? You know, like one in every three games was a shutout. It was it was a bananas era where the the you know, this is around the time they started building the multi-purpose stadiums. And so you saw bigger ballparks. And it's one of the reasons why Henry Aaron's home run mark was so extraordinary, because he was doing it in an era where they were building bigger ballparks and he had to face the likes of Juan Marichal and Jim Bunning and Sandy Koufax and Tom Seaver and Ferguson Jenkins and Don Trysdale and Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton and all those great pitchers that he had to face. Uh you know, it's unbelievable that he was able to do what he did. By the way, I just want to say this. I know this is not really up to date, but uh, in <laughs> honor of the, the late, great Henry Aaron, um, he had 755 home runs in his 22-year career. That means he averaged, an average season for him was 35 home runs a year over 22 seasons. And he never hit 50. Mm. So there was never that one year to sort of sort of make up for like, well, he only had 16 this year, but he had 55 this year. No, every year he was hitting roughly 35 home runs, doing it in that era, as I just said. But my second favorite uh, stat about uh, Henry Aaron was that if all of his hits were the same, except for his home runs, and all of his home runs were caught at the warning track, 
but all of his other hits were the same, he'd still be in the Hall of Fame because he had 3,000 hits other than his home runs. Mm -hmm. He had like, what, 3,800 hits or something like that? So he had 3,000 hits other than his homers. He was a, he was a Hall of Famer without, <laughs> without his home runs. And, uh, and I believe was the all-time RBI king mm -hmm. as well. And so he's uh, I just wanted to bring that up, but that he was he was doing that in that era, where, as I said, Yastrzemski led the league with a 301 average. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why if you were a dominant hitter in that era, I hold you in a higher esteem than someone in the Royd era. Just like if you were a dominant pitcher in the 90s, a la Pedro, a la Big Unit, a la Greg Maddox, a la hell, Kevin Brown. Mm hmm. You know, if you look at his numbers during during the steroid era, he was an unbelievably effective pitcher. That's why I hold some of them in a high and Mucina as well. It's why anyone who was may have pointed out some deficiencies in Mucina's Hall of Fame resume, I pointed out, look at when he was doing it. You know, yeah. so anyway, yeah. So I don't know how I got on that tangent, but that's that's how my brain works. No, no worries. We always love some uh, Henry Aaron on this podcast. I'm looking at his baseball reference now. All-time leader in RBIs, all-time leader in total bases, and to be a career 305 hitter and play 23 years in the sport, I mean, that's... And how many... What was his total hit total? What was his hit? hit he final? had uh, 3,771 hits. Okay, so yeah, so he, but he had 755 home runs. So yeah, he still mm -hmm. has over 3,000 hits. So that's unbelievable. You know, you know in, in some ways, he's almost underappreciated. Yeah, you know, so... You think, so how big of the disparity do you think it is right now between the pitchers and hitters? Because, of course, if you look at the numbers this season, it's out of control. The strikeout rate, basically, on average, pitchers this year are Nolan Ryan when it comes to strikeout rate. And batters this season are basically Luis Mendoza, almost, yeah. when it comes to their well, average. I'll tell you something. Like, you know, you bring up Nolan Ryan. One of the things that made him such a freak show, I mean, before he was like, you know, was like an octogenarian and throwing no hitters. But I'm talking about when he was still with playing for California and still playing for Houston. One of the things that made him so uh, an outlier was the fact that he could hit triple digits on the radar gun. That was that was almost unheard of. That was the thing that made J.R. Richard when when Ryan and Richard were briefly teammates in Houston before, sadly, Richard had a stroke. The fact that they had two dudes who can chuck at 100 miles an hour was like, oh, my God, that is that's that's almost unfair. Well, now think about how many people can chuck at 100 miles an hour. You know, it's you almost can't make it to the major leagues if you can't hit the high 90s on the radar gun, which used to be the elite number. And you have people coming out of the bullpen regularly slinging it up there in the high 90s that you didn't used to have. The bullpen used to be places where you put chumps. And now it's a place where sometimes some of your most effective pitchers you want to have coming out of the pen. You want to have some fireballer, you know, throwing 98 miles an hour with control coming out of the bullpen that you did not used to have, you know, someone like a Chapman was an outlier just as recently as 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why he's no longer the star that he used to be, he's also, you know, he, he relievers tend to flame out. The fact that he's stayed this long is, is a testament to him. I'm no fan of a Chapman, but uh, as a human being, but yeah. the fact of the matter is 
he used to be this sort of extraordinary outlier and now he's a guy and you know like the rays and the dodgers were in the world series last year i think there was 22 pitchers who pitched in that world series who threw 90 some odd miles an hour so hitters never had to face this you wanted to get into the bullpen to get their jumps and now you get into a bullpen and some and you have a flamethrower coming out so uh, in some ways there there will be an adjustment to this but uh the pitchers certainly have the advantage right now if they can constantly be bringing out someone who is just wearing everyone down. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Buskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, come back next week for more Diamondbacks coverage news, and insight. Catch up on any episodes you might have missed this week. Don't forget to follow me on social media at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account on Twitter or look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And we'll have a part three with Sully next week. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!